Cambodia. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. I'd like to preach a message titled, The Best Way to Predict the Future is to Create It. The Best Way... To predict the future is to create it. Please note that the word create in that title is used loosely. I like to be honest upfront because within biblical context, there's only one creator. He is the creator of heaven and the earth. Within biblical context, to create means to bring into being and usually is understood as meaning to make out of nothing. And I don't know any human who has God so many potent power to make that happen. But because he created us in his image and after his likeness, he also endowed us with creative ability to create things out of the things he created. Do you understand it? In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, there's a God in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Out of nothing. Nobody can match that. But because we are created in his image and after his likeness, he also gave us creative ability to make something out of what he had created that was not in existence before. Example, the citadel. Do you understand that? You can pile up bricks and mortar and cement and put them in that place from morning till evening rain will fall on it and it will just become a disastrous ugly outfit but with creative ingenuity someone designed and others began to act on the design and can I tell you one truth I need to cover my mouth I'm not telling. What was designed is smaller than what was built. If you did not hear it, you have not heard it. <laughs> when testimony time comes, we put everyone on the podium. At the beginning, they gave them sketches and said, we'll get back to you, you can begin to work on this. Before they go back. Okay, you didn't hear me. Because known unto God are all his works, it is what he wants that will be done here. Exodus 35, verse 30 to 35. Exodus 35. 30 to 35, New Living Translation. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel. Somebody say specifically. So nobody could do it. Because God chose him specifically 
son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. <clears throat> Do you understand that? When his grandfather was helping Moses to lift up his hand, he did not know the reward for that labor would be given to his grandson. Oh, you are, all we are doing is just pouring water in your hand. All we are doing, when are we? Stop it there. God is not stupid. His hands were down. Moses could not lift up his hand. They were losing the battle in the battlefield. And when Ur and Aaron saw, Aaron was not the high priest at that time. By lifting up the hand of his younger brother, Younger. Because Miriam came after. And after Miriam was Moses. So younger, younger brother. He did not take the rod from his hand. They helped to stabilize him. Or did not get any position. But God credited his grandson. With indescribable creativity. Creative ability. Let's read the Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. That's chapter 36. Mm. Mm-mm. Give me an IV, please. I'm looking for a word. Your, you know, your own New Living Translation is different from mine. This is the problem. In my own, it said, he has given them creative abilities. If you have that, you can check it. Because the New Living Translation are many. He has given them creative abilities. That's the word I'm looking for. If you find it, let me know. So that we do not waste our time. Keep on scrolling it. If it's NIV, I will know. Mm-hmm. Go on. Go on. Uh-uh. Go on. It's okay. Check it. I'll bring my own. Anytime I'm reading my New Living Translation, I'll read my own. Your own. Get key leg. I don't know where you got it from. Let me read the message. Let me read the message. Moses told the Israelites, See, God has selected Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. He's filled with him with the spirit of God, with skill, ability, and know-how for making all sorts of things, to design and work in gold, silver, etc., etc. He's also made him a teacher. Go on. Uh, uh, go on, that's it. Don't worry yourself. I'll bring mine. There are those with you, with you with technology. Go check. Have you found new living translation? Check it for me. If you see creative ability, scream out. So I can read it to these Thomases. Any Thomas here? If I didn't read it, I won't tell you. He created us in his image and after his likeness. And he endowed us to make something that was not there before we, what he has created. The chair you are sitting on was a piece of wood. That somebody with a skill of a craftsman caught bit by bit, joined together, and it became a chair. You cannot create man like God did with Adam. Like he did with Eve when he brought Eve out of Adam. But he gave you seed. 
and your seed and another woman's egg can join together and form a human. That's why I said in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, do you know the way bones are formed in the womb of who of a woman who is with child? You don't know. Because what entered the woman is not bone. If bone enter you, <laughs> you are in trouble. It's not bone. It's not bone. It's seed. It looks watery. But guess what? It comes in special packages. There's blonde head. There's arrowhead. And they have a way of hitting their target. And a whole idaran. We come out of a potato mama. And he'll be healed. It's like putting a caniman next to Susu. Or putting Shagun next to the mother. Anywhere I introduce them, I say, these are my cousins from the village. They are taller than I am. They will begin to ask me questions. So, how did this come? We have seen your wife. We have seen you. I said, my father is tall. And my grandfather is tall. They got it from the... Do you understand this? We are not the creator. So, when I use the word, the best way to predict the future is to create it. I'm saying to make something out of what already is in existence, but that was not there in that shape or form. Is it clear to you? If I were to interpret that title into Yoruba, how would you do it? The best way to predict the future, to create the future, sorry, the best way to predict the future is to create it. What would be the interpretation? Tell me, so as to save your time. I will put it simply. You want me to put it very simply? It's not an all four with the English sentence I made, but when you think deep, you will see that money shows the day. Do you understand me? I can go further and say, Oh, shaggy log, oh, to grow lofa, oh, don't yell, well, then okay, of any role. All right, dear road, dear, could you do, dear, a rulasa maja, alone, lossy dear, rulati, dear, mabo. Okay, everyone who does not speak Yoruba say you lost me there. The message today is about how God took David from obscurity into prominence. What actually took place in his life? Because all this, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, without adequate responsibility. And without knowing that you're a co-laborer with God to make your greatness come into manifestation, you can pray all you like till you turn pale. Nothing will happen. I've selected four, five scriptures, one being central text, to show you how David came out of obscurity into limelight and prominence. There's no magic there. If you will do what he did, and God will grace you as he promised in Isaiah 55, that is a witness and a prototype. When you step into those things yourself, your progress will be evident to all at the end of the day. Amen. Are you here? Yes, sir. I didn't hear you say amen. amen. Question. I want to ask you three questions before I read any text of scripture. Did David know you will be a king? Is there any scripture to point to us that David knew as soon as he was born and he was being raised, he went to special schools to prepare him to be a king? 
You are not responding. No. Did his father, Jay-Z, and mother, Nameless, because the name of the mother was never told in the entire Bible, he himself alluded to it, he said, I was shaping in iniquity. <clears throat> in sin did my mother conceive me. I'm not sure, I can't prove it, and you can disprove it, that the mother of David is the mother of the first seven that were presented to Samuel. I'm not sure. They could be same father, same mother. Why was he treated that way? And why would God hide the name of David's mother from us all? Because it's not your background that matters. Do you understand me? Your pedigree and everything does not matter with God when he chooses to bless you and make you great. Amen. He's looking for those who do not qualify. Amen. So that their greatness will manifest his glory. Can I hear amen? Amen. His father did not know, yes. His mother did not know. He did not know that he will become a king. Mm. I'll ask you the third question later. But did David accept responsibility for his greatness? Yes, he did. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, my central text. Acts 13, 16 to 23. Paul and his companions just arrived at one of the synagogues of the Jews. They've just finished reading the law in verses 1 and 2. And they beckon to them if they have any exhortation. And here is Paul getting up. He was full of matter. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, do what? Listen. Pay attention. You understand me? Because you can come to church and go back and go forth and, and nothing changes in your life. God wants to see that credible change that can be pointed at and said, We knew when he got here, this is what he has become. Your life must change. You must become a change agent. The God of these people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelled as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. How many of you can testify that for some time God put up with your ways? Hey, 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 hey. If you don't look sharp, if you don't look well, I will tell your story. God put up with your ways and put up with my ways. If not, he would have destroyed us long time ago. He just put up with us because he could see the end from the beginning. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, how many nations? In comparison to the Israelites, were they a match? Deuteronomy chapter 7, please hold on. I need to, it's not in my note, but that dropped in my spirit. I need to show you that these seven nations were mightier. Each of them mightier than Israel. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, how many nations? Seven. Count the Hittites, you just say one. The Gagashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. And in the same passage, he said, I did not destroy them because you are better than them. I did because I love you. And because as one owed to your fathers, you are benefiting from what you don't know. Yes, sir. You don't get it. Yes, sir. You are benefiting today from silent prayer of a mother, from silent prayer of a father, who on his deathbed said, Make my son great. Let's go back to Acts 13. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, 
he distributed their land to them by allotment. And when, after that, he gave them judges for how long? For about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. Samuel the prophet is the type of son that opens not the womb of Anna, but opened the womb of a generation. He brought an end to the reign of judges because he will be the one to anoint the first two kings of Israel. And he will personally be responsible for the monarchical constitution that he will set before the king. How many people want sons like Samuel? They don't come easy. They're cheap. I'm sorry, I'm not saying your children are cheap, but they don't come easy. They come as a result of travail before God, who is looking for an exchange. Anna, you need a son. Yes, Lord. I need a prophet. Yes, Lord. I understand the exchange. Give me the son who will be a prophet all the days of his life. End of story. Then the Lord opened the womb. He closed. If God closes a woman's womb, he has a reason. Oh, no. He has a reason. There's an appointed time that it will open. But they will put their hands into all kinds of things because they cannot wait for him. Look at how long it took my mother. If anyone is here today thinking my case is closed, you just lied to yourself. You know why? Because the time came when Sarah concluded that it was impossible for even a husband to come close to her because he could no longer have pleasure. It's written for us. 21st century language, engine has knocked. Completely. Brother and sister, Nuleni. Hello. Okay. You say minus me. <laughs> when the time comes, we'll compare notes. But even if you think the womb is dead and the body is dead, not when the resurrection power comes in. (laughs) And you have to pay the price of not considering your body now dead. A believing God who is able to raise the dead and bring life out of dead things. Can I hear amen? amen? Until Samuel. And afterward, they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. <laughs> and when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. You know what I feel like reading there? I have fashioned the heart of David to be after my heart. Because you can go to someone that and I said, you fashioned me in my mother's womb. I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. How about adultery? That's not my will. But that's not part of his assignment. Everything that, is his, that was his assignment, he fulfilled them all. Yes, and guess what? Next verse. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel as Savior Jesus. Yes or no? Yes. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. I can't hear you. David. The son of David. 
and the son of Abraham. The son of David because of the throne. The son of Abraham because of the covenant. For the sake of simplicity, and if I can finish today, I will continue forever until you locate your one thing. For the sake of simplicity and clarity, I would like to highlight three major dynamics, forces that transformed David the shepherd boy into a pattern king of all times. Every time God talks about kingdom and a king, he's always pointing at David. Read Ezekiel, you'll find him there. Read everywhere. He's a man after God's heart. He's the one who understood purpose and purpose within purpose. The hidden purpose in your purpose (laughs) will cause you to wonder. These three dynamics are number one, purpose, number two, priority, and number three, productivity. Number one, purpose, number two, priority, and number three, productivity. These are the three dynamics anyone needs to create a preferable future. Say with me, purpose. Purpose. I can't hear you. Purpose. Priority. Priority. Productivity. Productivity. Looking at the life of David, as we were doing this season, these three things are very clear. David understood his life purpose. He, by God's grace, set his priority. He set his priority right and became very productive in his endeavors and his undertakings. He understood his purpose. He set his priority right. And guess what? His life became very productive. When Prophet Samuel visited Jesus' household, it was for a purpose. Who can tell me what the purpose was? To select a king. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1. First Samuel chapter 16 verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Why? For I have provided myself a king. Among his sons. This is a very tall order. Because God is capable of telling you precisely who. Before getting there. But he chose not to. So that you can see your humanity. Because left to Samuel. Eliab would have been the king. He came out. Tall. Handsome. Everything together, very, hey, he was already walking stately like a king. And the Lord said, I've refused him. His heart is not right. Tell your neighbor the heart of the matter. It's a matter of the heart. Give me 1 Samuel 16, 1. In the New Living Translation, let's see what it says. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I've rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with oil, olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there for I have selected. I have selected one of his sons to be my king. I don't want to belabor the point. You knew how Seven sons were paraded. All the servants were rejected. Damaged goods. And Samuel said to Jesse, Jesse, are you Jesse? Because I don't understand this. He said, I am Jesse, prophet. 
is this Bethlehem? You are in the right place, prophet. Are all the sons, are these all the sons you have? <laughs> no, there is still one. But it's with the sheep. Someone said, what nonsense is going on here? We will not sit down until he comes. Do you know what that means? The father was standing. One or two mother was there. The brothers were standing. That's why yesterday where we sat down, when the vice president came, they said, rise to receive him. That's where it's coming from. It does not matter whether it's your younger brother. It does not matter whether it's slim or shorter than you are. You can be 10 tons in weight. You have to get up or they will kick you. We will not sit until he comes. Can you imagine his seven brothers from the first one saying, what's happening here? And as soon as he appeared, he was ruddy of good countenance. The Lord was with him. He brought the Lord with him. The rest had no Lord. They were Lord unto themselves. They did what they pleased. He said, this is the one. Anoint him in the midst of his brother. He said, yeah, all the same of you surround him. <laughs> Listen to David's testimony. He was a man who understood his purpose. And he would do anything to protect that purpose. And to, pro- to honor God Almighty who gave him that purpose. I want to share two of his testimonies with you. First Chronicles chapter 15. Does all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn, with trumpet and with cymbals, making music with stringed instruments and harps. And it happened as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, that Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David warning and playing music. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacles that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. Stop there. Why did she despise him? She despised him for bringing the ark of the covenant of God of Israel to Jerusalem? Uh-uh, uh-uh. There's more to it. Second Samuel chapter 6, 20 to 23. Second Samuel 6, 20 to 23. Then David returned to bless his household. And my call, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious! How glorious was the king of Israel today? Uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servant as one of the best fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Listen to David. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. <laughs> Do you understand me? It was before the Lord. Who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel? Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. And will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Why? Number one, she despised David for rejoicing and playing music before the Lord. 
and despise the anointing upon his life. And number two, because for Michal to have a child is to join the house of David to the house of Saul. And the two are like flesh and spirit. They cannot be joined. When the spirit of the Lord is upon my life, I I will dance like David danced. When the spirit of the Lord is upon my life, I will dance like David danced. I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David danced. I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David danced. When the spirit of the Lord is upon my life, I will dance like David danced. When the spirit of the Lord is upon my life, I will dance like David danced. I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David danced. I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David danced. Oh, save me, Lord! I will dance like David Get yourself dancing shoes. Because we are going to dance. And when that day comes, there will be a special Thanksgiving service for members of Citadel Global Community Church only. Amen. second testimony so that you know is a man who understood his purpose from that day from the day Samuel came to his household and anointed him as king in the midst of his brothers he completely understood his purpose listen to his second testimony this time before the whole of Israel first chronicles 28 Verse 1 to 5. First Chronicles 28, verse 1 to 5. Now David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes, and the captains of the divisions who served the king. The captains over thousands and captains over hundreds. And the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and of his sons with the officials, the valiant men and all the mighty men of valor. 
Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. I can assure you that Solomon also shed blood. Wars were fought by him too. And people were killed. There was a blood God could not tolerate here. The blood of Uriah the Hittite. Who was fighting to protect the Ark of the Covenant of God. How shall I go to my wife when the Ark of the Covenant of God of Israel is in the battlefield? A Hittite who has become more Jewish than David. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father. Chose me how? Above. I can't hear you. To be king over Israel for some time. The only star. In the flag of Israel is the star of David. Do you understand me? Up to today. He has chosen me to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And of the house of Judah, the house of my father. And among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. Do you understand what he's saying? It was because God was pleased with me that he revealed my purpose to me. Is God pleased with you? That's a question you have to answer because you have a conscience. I have the Holy Spirit within you. Is God pleased with you? was pleased with me to make me a king. He was pleased with me to reveal his purpose for my life. Hmm. Do you know your purpose? Purposeless people are powerless people. Do you know your purpose? And number three. Do you know the hidden purpose in your purpose? <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody say hidden purpose. hidden purpose. I think I should begin to wind up here because the rest of the journey will be difficult for you to bear until this is settled. Is God pleased with you? Is he pleased with you well enough to reveal your purpose to you? And if God reveals your purpose to you, do you know the purpose within the purpose? If he has revealed it to you, do you know the purpose within the purpose? Do you think I knew that the reason God plucked me from legal practice to come and shepherd the church is to prepare me to shepherd the nation? I had no clue. In fact, OGD was in my house last night and we had meetings for about an hour. I remember the day he was going to, con- to put in for the governorship of Ogun State. He came to my house and he said, look, the two of us cannot come out at the same time. Are you interested in Ogun State uh, governorship election? Do you have such aspiration? I said, not at all. Oh, King Jeb, Pastor Kwantun Joluo. That was what I told him. I was already become a pastor. I, there's no room for that anymore. That's gone. That was when we were young. Until I read many years after. Some 78, the last three verses. That he took David. From following the little ears. He saw how he defended. 
the vulnerable sheep and goat. I laid down his life for them, attacked the bear, attacked the lion, and rescued his flock. He said, I found my king. Do you understand me? I found, nobody knew about that testimony. You, under, you hear that nobody knew what he did. He didn't go home to tell them anything happened to him. Before anything happens to you, you're already singing. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Give me the last three verses of Psalm 78. He chose David. The last three verses. He also chose David, his servant, and took him from where? From the sheepfolds. From following the ewes that had young, he brought him. To shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Do you understand this? Is it possible for me to understand the purpose within the purpose when God said for me to go and to, to pioneer first the modern parish of the Christian Church of God and then in the midst of serious antagonism, he took me here to start here and to start very humbly. You think I understood all that? Tell your neighbor there's always a hidden purpose in your purpose. When you find your purpose, there's an extra, extra mile to go to ask God, why did you give me this purpose? David eventually perceived the purpose within his purpose after he had gone through process. You not find it until you go through process. Look, do you think there's any lion outside there we cannot face today? Do you think there's any bear outside? He had prepared us here for almost 30 years speaking truth to power. We were detained, we were harassed, we were persecuted, we were called names. But he sustained us and we took strong, we stood strong. The vice president stood on the podium after I'd given lecture yesterday, he said, I've been listening to him for many, many, many years, even before I became Attorney General Talkless or Vice President. And I want to say publicly that when the church rose against me when I was about to step in, he stood for me and said, when will we send somebody there? I didn't know he was listening. And I also saluted his courage when his plane, or what do you call that thing? His chopper, and some assaulted and rolled, and he came out of heat and hurt, and he raised his hand to God, and he stepped into the boat and said, we are going to battle. I said, we do not run away from battle. We carry the battle to the gates of the enemy. That's who we are. That's who we are. You can't kill a man who is dead. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up. I will not frustrate the grace of God. Before I gave the lecture, Ambassador Christopher Colade, Papa stood up, he said, nobody is more qualified to handle this lecture than Tunde Bakari in Nigeria today. The role of the contemporary church in modern times, optimism, pessimism, or activism. Listen to me, brother. We are going beyond activism into holding the reins of power and nobody can say no to that. You know why? The countdown began last night. It began already. Keep on looking at me like that. Why can't pastor just keep quiet for a while? Because it's not in their hands. You don't get it. It's not in their hands. Was it in the hand of Samuel? Let to Samuel, Eli will be king. Surely the anointed of the Lord is before me. You look at externalities. I look at the heart. I don't see as you see. 
Tito loto bi banku banku aseko leja Tito loto bi aseko leja Tito loto Ilaya Tito loto bi banku banku eh Tito loto bi banku banku aseko leja Tito loto bi banku banku Or did he fight any battle before David got to the battlefield? David eventually perceived the purpose within his purpose. I think you can stop here and continue next Sunday. Because I want to let you see clearly the place of purpose, priority, and productivity. If those things are not in your life, if those dynamics are not in operation in your life, you already failed. No matter how successful you think you are. First Chronicles chapter 14. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 14 verses 1 and 2. The purpose within the purpose. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees with masons and carpenters to build him a house. So David knew. Give it to me in KJV. The word new is the word perceived. For the first time, after a foreign king sent all the building materials, do you know that David never slept one night in the palace of Saul? You're not getting it. He gave the palace, he gave the land, and everything that pertained to Saul, he gave it to Mephibosheth. He didn't take a single thing that belonged to Saul. When he returned to Jerusalem, I mean when he returned first to preside over the affairs of Judah and then the entire Israel before he went to Jerusalem to capture it, he was in Jerusalem, the king of Tyre, which is the capital world, world, world trade center. That's the, that's the capital of, of commerce. It's the world capital. Of businesses. That's the centerpiece and headquarters of Satan. He's the king of Tyre. That's why the economy of this world is demon driven. And if God is going to send you to the mountain of economy, you must carry another fire. And another power that will not submit to the, to the manipulations of Satan. The king of Tyre sent all builders to Israel to build him a house of cedar. KJV, 1 Chronicles 14.2. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. For his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people. It's not about worry. You're not president to make a name for yourself. It's not about IBB. It's not about Bangida. It's not about any president that ever ruled or ran. It's not about OBJ. The reason God brought Esther into power for such a time as this to save his people from annihilation. And when our people are being slaughtered and are being killed on the road, when our road are dead trapped and assassins are on the highway and nothing seems to be done, you have forgotten the purpose within the purpose. That's the reason for my mission to Abuja on Tuesday or Monday. That's the reason for my mission. You have forgotten the purpose within the purpose. My destiny is not in any man's hand. It's in God's hand. I will not stop speaking the truth even when it hurts. If their own daughter was slaughtered on the road yesterday like chicken, they will assemble our forces to arrest those people. The wife of the CBN governor was kidnapped. In no time, within days, they did not only find her, they found all those who perpetrated it. That CBN governor, now a 93 year old man, waiting for his own daughter to give him befitting burial. 
went there the night before to greet his father. You killed him in broad daylight and you think nothing will happen. Your crop is about to overrun itself. That's why immediately it happened. I took my phone. I called the SSA to the president. I said, when counterfeit Afeni Ferry visited you, I told you. Now they have slaughtered the daughter of the real leader of the Afeni Ferry, the real group. And now, countdown has begun. Listen to me, friends. If you are looking for a pushover, you won't find it in a man who has located his purpose in his purpose. David perceived that God has exalted him on high and he has made him king for the sake of his people, Israel. GCFR is not put on your neck. GCON is not put on your neck so that we can clap for you and you can stand. You are servant of the people. You're here to serve their interest and not to protect your own. And guess what? If care is not taken, the same assassins will enter every home and including fortified cities. If you doubt what I'm saying, ask Indira Gandhi. Who killed her? It was his personal bodyguards. Ask Anwar Sadat. Who shot him? It was a man who came to salute him. Let us be careful. Live counts. Life is sacred. I don't care if the person killed is a Christian or a Muslim. That's not my passion. My passion is human life is sacred. Male and female. Our streets and highways must be saved. Village life must return into Nigeria. It's only those who understand the purpose within the purpose that can decode this message. Because there is a hidden purpose in your purpose, you need to go through process before your progress can be evident to all. If you don't go through process, you cannot discover the hidden purpose within your purpose. You just think, look at how God has blessed me to be walking in Chevron. No, 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 no. He has really blessed me. See what God has done with my life. See how God made me when my bank CEO. See how he took me to, to Cadbury and then to, 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 to Digital, what's your name? Samsung. And then to Chevron. Or what's, what's it? Oriel. Uh, and and uh, God, God has made me pastor to pastor all of you. Clap for me. Idiot. There's a hidden purpose. Within that purpose, there's a reason God puts you in a position of power, influence, and authority. It's not just about you and for you, all about you. No, He has a reason to protect lives, to save lives, to help people. Do you understand me? He loves His creation and He needs people who can lay down their lives like David to protect the vulnerable. Please write this statement down. I'll continue from there next week. Write this down. Don't forget it. What you see in people is determined by what you don't see. What you see in people is determined by what you don't see. You know already that the unseen controls the scene. Yes, sir. Okay? Have you seen electricity before? No. Is it working now? Yes, sir. Can you hear me without it? Yes. No. You may hear me, but it can't be this congregation. It can't be this loud. Electricity is at work. It's the one that is up, it's working in the amplifier to amplify my voice. You don't see it, but it's at work. What you see in people is determined by what you don't see. I don't want you to go home confused that I'm talking abracadabra. The courage displayed by David in the battlefield when he said, I will go and fight Goliath was determined by the unseen battles he fought against the lion and against the bear. What you see in people is determined by what you don't see. 
It is called process before progress. Stand to your feet. Father, in this season, I'm praying that your people will be well pleasing in your sight. That not only will you reveal their purposes to them, you will reveal the hidden purpose within the purpose. That in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will pant after you like the deer pants after brook water. You become their priority. You know where you are taking us. It's not for our sake. It's not so that we can make a name. It's not so that we can have new titles. It's not so that we can have new residence address or residence. No! It is for the sake of your people and Lord in the name of Jesus. Everybody you are positioning, everybody you are raising, let them understand the purpose within the purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to this before you see it again. The day you find your purpose is the day you are enrolled in SOP. In Malaysia, in my friend's church and ministry, Dr. Jonathan David, SOP School of the Prophets. In this message, SOP is the school of process. The day you find your purpose is the day you gain admission into the school of purpose, of process. Because without process, you can never locate the purpose within the purpose. Without process, you can never have any tangible progress in life. It is when your purpose is revealed that you are on your way to the cave of Adullam. To the wilderness of Ziv is when things will not add up. Is when your mommy wagon, or what's it called? You have to get rid of the wagon. You have to get rid of everything so that is you are alone with God and He can strip you naked and then build you afresh and then release you. Do you understand this? The best way to predict the future. Is to create it. And there are three dynamic forces that will help you create a future that you really, really will begin to thank God for and it will, it will magnify His name. That future is contingent upon purpose, priority, and productivity. Maximum productivity. You are living below power, you are producing below what God expects. When purpose and priority are right, productivity will shoot up. I pray in this season, you will find your one big thing. The one big thing about your life. The only thing that matters. So that you'll be able to say, to this end was I born, and for this purpose came I into the world. Lift your hands to heaven again. Lord, like the dew from heaven, let your rain fall upon your people. They clutter in them everything that is... Causing their purpose to be hidden from them. Let them not forsake that which you purpose from the beginning. And pursue things that will harm them. Let them pursue with vigor your purpose. And when they find out, enroll them in the school of process. So that they can see the hidden purpose within the purpose. And fulfill it after the order of David. Today we give you praise and honor and adoration. Thank you, Father. Bless his holy name this moment. Thank him for the word you have received. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. By the grace of the living God, I will continue with this series next Sunday. What you see in people is determined by the things you don't see. What makes us thick is not thick wood. Is the price paid behind the scene. Uh, Ambassador Dr. Christopher Collardy said, every time I hear you speak, I see industry, I see hard work, I see discipline, I see everything. May your tribe increase in the land. He laid his hands on me and I was saying amen because he himself is an icon. He was a chairman at my 50th birthday in London, England when he was ambassador. 
he was chairman of the party. And I remember two things he said to me. He said, the way everybody sees you is your reputation, but the way God sees you is your character. He said, work on your character, your reputation will take care of itself. And then he said to me, time is fixed. You cannot manage it. You can only manage yourself in time. You understand me? And when such people say they find something in you, he sent a text to me after the last State of the Nation broadcast. He said, I thank God there's still a voice speaking that cannot be muted. And I said, thank you, sir. We are following your footsteps. These are encouragers that you find along the way that you do not know they are paying attention to you. But when the day comes, even elders will not sit down until you come. Lift your offering to the Father today. I hope these words will find a place in your heart. And you not waste your life running after things that should be pursuing you. Do you understand me? Lord, receive from our hands today use for your glory and praise and the extension of your kingdom on earth. And Lord, I trust you and I believe you for all grace, for all sufficiency, so that we have all sufficiency in all things will abound unto every good work. Receive all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you for your patience. I hope I didn't waste your time. Even the message I prepared for today, I'm not one-tenth of the way. Just for today. Because it's nine over ten. Huh? It's nine over ten down the road. You'll get it all. I'm not going to leave you until you fulfill purpose. Amen. Until you locate it. Find the purpose within your purpose and fulfill it. Because the moment that is clear to you, your priority is set. You know who you run with. Never, never surround yourself with people who are not on the same mission with you. Never surround. They are time wasters. They are time wasters. That's the reason many of you lack priority. You surround yourself with loafers and time wasters who are not going anywhere. I'm on a mission. Face is set like a flint. It will determine who and who will be your friends. It will determine the company you keep. It will determine how you spend your time. Your priorities will determine where you are found at any time. Wait till we get to the definitive stages and we define purpose, we define priority and productivity and match it with God's word and see yourself in the mirror afresh. No CCGC member must be a time waster. Must be a loafer just hanging around coming to church to say amen and doing nothing about it. You must become a doer of the word. And the difference must not only be noticeable by your brethren, even by your enemies. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.